Good morning, everybody. My name's Chris. I'm the senior minister at Andover Baptist Church. And if we've not met before, it's great to have you here with us today, whether on site or whether online with us. We are launching a new series today called Wrestling With, a series I've been looking forward to actually and been thinking about for quite some time. Uh, when I was uh, little, certainly before the age of about 10 or 11, uh, we would go and see my grandma. My grandma uh, lived down in Wimborne in Dorset, and uh, we lived in is not very far away from here at the time and we would go and see her probably about once a month like many of us do with our families and we would drive down typically on a Saturday we would drive down for the day to see her and I have some vivid recollections of seeing my grandmother I remember huge quantities of food that she had been up since 5 a.m. preparing for us and telling us about that too by the way so she would tell us how early she'd got up in the morning to prepare the food for us I remember steak and kidney pudding she used to make steak and kidney pudding like a proper pudding with like you know that sort of like suet top and all that kind of stuff my dad loved that by the way so uh, I remember that very vividly the other thing I remember really vividly was Saturday afternoon telly and if you're of a certain generation you'll remember what I'm talking about right now she used to love two things when it came to sport on telly on a Saturday afternoon she used to like snooker and she used to like wrestling and she used to love watching the wrestling. Now, again, if you're of a certain generation, you will remember that wrestling well. You'll remember people like Big Daddy. Anybody remembering Big Daddy? Join us. Tell us on the chat if you're remembering Big Daddy. And Giant Haystacks. Anybody remember Giant Haystacks? Right, the young people in the room are going, I have no idea what they are talking about right now. Think WWE, but like not. Like a really kind of backroom version of WWE. That's what it was like. And she used to love the wrestling, but she used to do this all the way through. She used to go, oh, oh, when everybody was slammed onto the canvas. She used to really love that. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about that this week because I've been thinking a lot about wrestling. And I've been thinking about the contrast, actually, between that kind of wrestling and boxing. There have been some big boxing content. If you're a boxing fan, you know that Tyson Fury was fighting the other night. And, you know, just thinking about that contrast between wrestling and boxing, because just think about it for a moment. In a, in a boxing bout, the idea of that is that you're, you're standing apart from your opponent, just trying to land punches on them. There's a, a separateness to it, not a, not a togetherness. Whereas in wrestling, it's the opposite is true. In wrestling, you want to get close to, you want to grapple with and, and kind of move around with and that kind of stuff. And there's actually, even though both are conflict, there's a togetherness about a wrestling conflict and a separateness about a boxing conflict. And I've been thinking about that, that contrast in those two different types of conflict. And you see, it seems to me that it's inevitable that we will have conflict in our relationships in our lives. We just all do, because we disagree with each other from time to time. We have different opinions, and that's good a lot of the time. Maybe we disagree about politics and the best way things should go. Maybe we disagree about moral or ethical dilemmas. We have different opinions on some of those big moral questions that go on in our lives. We're all facing those kinds of conflicts. And one of the questions that comes to my mind when I think about that is what do we do with that conflict? Do we stand apart from other people and try and deck them, basically, with our views or our opinions? 
Or do we come together and genuinely try to wrestle with it together? And it seems to me that increasingly in our world, we are encouraged to divide and to stand apart. We hear this all the time, don't we, on the news. We've been, never been more divided than we are now. We hear it when they're reporting on elections or big decisions, that we are divided and we are split. And we're encouraged into that, I think, so much of the time by radio phone-ins and social media and talk shows and that kind of very antagonistic style of political questioning we see on our television screens so much of the time. And we're encouraged into that division. And yet I think all of us would recognize that that's not a positive thing. When it's reported that we're more divided than ever before, it's not being reported as a good thing. So I'm wondering, is there a better way? Is there a way for us to wrestle with conflict, wrestle with disagreement, wrestle with different opinions without falling out? In fact, more than not just falling out, is there a way for us to wrestle with those things in a way that actually draws us together? Because actually, when we wrestle with things together, when we listen to one another, when we disagree well, actually, there's an amazing opportunity for growth. And what about when we wrestle with things uh, in our own lives? What about when we're wrestling with fear or we're struggling with depression or anxiety or ill health or whatever that might be? How do we wrestle with those things? And what about wrestling with God? How do we wrestle with God about so much of this stuff? Do we have a tendency to separate ourselves from God when we're wrestling with those things, or move towards God, because both are an option. In the midst of our doubts and our worries and our stresses and our anxieties, do we push God away, or do we move towards God and wrestle with him? Because again, that boxing-type conflict involves separation, but wrestling with involves grappling and contact and togetherness. Could there be something to be gained by genuinely wrestling with rather than standing at a distance and just trying to land punches? And I think this is true for all of us. All of us need this. Whether you'd say you're a Christian and a church person and you've been doing that for a long time, or whether you'd say, no, I'm just exploring faith. We all need this. And maybe, actually, if we're exploring faith, that challenge to us to, to grapple with the things of God rather than separating them, uh, us from them might actually lead us into a conclusion about God or a place with God where we are more united with him. It might actually help us grow. It's a skill, this thing of wrestling with in our disagreement, in, our in those things we have different opinions about. It's a skill that we need to learn and that our world desperately needs. And you might be surprised to know that over the course of this series that we've called Wrestling With, you might be surprised to see that God actually has a lot to say about wrestling with things and actually encourages us to wrestle with these things and with him. And so today, appropriately, we start with wrestling with God. Wrestling with God. That's where we're going to begin today. And I think... There's going to be a revelation in this for you today that might surprise you, that you weren't expecting. And to find all of this revelation, this surprise, we need to get into the story of God. And we need to get into the story of the people of God. So 
what you need to, to know is that in God's story, God creates human beings for a relationship with him. But human beings decide to go their own way, to separate themselves from God, to stand back from God rather than being together with God. So God launches a rescue plan. And it starts when he's going to form a group of people who are going to be a hope to the world and a light to the nations. And God calls Abraham and Sarah, these two people, to be the kind of founding father and mother of this nation. And Abraham and Sarah's grandson, Jacob, plays a huge part in the story of the people of God, because Jacob uh, has 12 sons, and they form 12 tribes that are going to be known as the people of God. So Jacob really kind of propels this whole rescue plan forward through his children, But Jacob has this strange encounter that is a bit weird and a bit odd, but turns out to be an encounter with God. And that's where we're going to go this morning. We're going to have a look at that encounter. And you can find it in the very first book of the Bible called Genesis, in the Old Testament part of the Bible. We're going to look at a story from chapter 32 today. So if you want to look that up, if you've got a a, a tablet or a phone with a Bible app on it, or you've got a Bible, or um, you you want to look on our blog uh, where you've got links to it and all that kind of stuff, do that now. But it's also going to appear, as it already has done brilliantly, up on the screen behind me so that you can follow along. So this is Genesis chapter 32. And this story, this event takes place when Jacob is on his way to meet his brother Esau. And it says this, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons. He only had 11 at this point. The 12th is coming later on, but anyway, that's another story. His two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now, this may seem a little bit odd to us. But actually, this is a story as much about a spiritual struggle as a physical one. In fact, it may be more about a spiritual struggle than a physical struggle. And as we shall discover later in this story, this man is not just a man. This man turns out to be God. And there's this spiritual struggle going on between Jacob and God. And it's kind of a metaphor, really, for that spiritual struggle that Jacob is experiencing, that many of us experience, where we kind of wrestle and struggle with God. And what is clear from this story is that this struggle is real, and this struggle for Jacob is with God. But I also want you to notice this too. Jacob was alone. We're told that Jacob is alone. And it's when Jacob was left alone that this struggle really manifests itself. And I just want to pause there for a moment and say, this is true of us, isn't it? A lot of the time, when we find ourselves alone or we feel lonely, is often when our struggles with God manifest themselves in their strongest possible way. When we're surrounded by others, when we're journeying with others, when we're in community with others, often we feel stronger. And that's just a a point to note and an encouragement to all of us to get ourselves into community where we can be supported and cared for and loved. And one of the ways we do that around here is through our connect groups, where we get people together, meeting every week or every fortnight, for that kind of support and encouragement so that we aren't left alone, because that's often where our struggles come. Anyway, they are wrestling. 
this man and Jacob. And this is a picture for us of Jacob wrestling with God, with his fears and his anxieties, and by the way, his selfishness and his unwillingness to allow God to direct his life. Because although God has called him, Jacob really wants to go his own way. So this is a story about God wrestling with Jacob and Jacob wrestling with God and and Jacob refusing to submit to God's perfect plan for his life, to direct his life. And then, if that felt a little bit weird to us, an even weirder thing happens. Let's read on to verse 25. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, that's Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. So we're told in the text here, in the story here, that when Jacob can't, uh, Jacob's opponent can't overcome him, Jacob, uh, uh, sorry, the man cheats. The man cheats. Now, it's not suggesting that Jacob is physically beating him because, you know, the ease with which we see this happen would indicate to us that this is not a question of, of Jacob winning physically. It's a spiritual challenge that's going on here. Because you see, Jacob is, willing, is unwilling to submit. He's unwilling to yield to the man. So the man appears to cheat. But actually what's happening here is the man who will discover his God is actually grabbing Jacob's attention, forcing him to stop and to listen. You know, God might allow that to happen to us sometimes. God might allow something to happen in our lives for us to be feeling or experience something that takes us out of our comfortable existence, that takes us out of where we feel that we can rely on our own strength. And it grabs our attention, just like Jacob's attention is being grabbed here. And many of us can tell stories like that. Many of us can tell stories of when things happened in our lives that we can't make sense of, that may even have been hurtful and damaging to us, but took us out of where we were comfortable and into a dependence on God. And through that circumstance, God grabbed our attention and we experienced the presence of God in a new way. So they go on uh, wrestling, but then... Uh, The man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. For whatever reason, daybreak was the time when clearly this contest was supposed to end. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I think this is really interesting. Jacob is craving a blessing from God. Jacob doesn't say, let me win. Jacob doesn't say, just give up, will you? Jacob says, I'm not letting go until you bless me. He simply wanted to be blessed, not to win, or not even, by the way, to have his hip healed. He just wants a blessing. Jacob just wanted to be blessed. And I wonder if in our doubts and our fears and our questions and maybe even our suffering sometimes, what we need more than answers what we need more than winning, what we maybe even need more than a healing emotionally or physically is a blessing from God to encounter the presence of God. Maybe that's what we need more than anything else. And look at what Jacob's blessing by God means for him as we go on to the next verse. 
The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. So this is what God's blessing is for Jacob. It's to change his name. And this is really interesting because in this kind of culture that Jacob was living in all these years ago, uh, when a name was changed, it indicated a submitting to the authority of someone else. So when Jacob's name is being changed here, it's an indication that Jacob is at last willing to submit himself to the authority of God over his life. To say, look, I'm going to lay down my own desire for self-sufficiency. I'm going to lay down my own pride and my own stubborn will, and I'm going to submit myself to the will of God. When Jacob says, will you bless me? That's what he's asking. That's what he's showing he's now willing to do after wrestling with God for so long and not being willing to do that. He is at last willing. God, will you bless me? And God says, yes, because you're now willing to submit your life to my guidance and direction and to the purpose I have for you, the perfect purpose I have for you. So let's do a name change thing here to show that you're willing to submit yourself to me as the source and the direction of your life. And the name that God gives to Jacob is Israel, which means, as we're told here, you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. I mean, this is amazing. And if you haven't heard this before, here's a surprising revelation. The very name given to the people of God means to struggle or wrestle with God. And the people of God would forever after this moment be called the people of Israel, which means to struggle with God. God's chosen people would have a name that literally meant to wrestle with God. And from this group of people would come one man, Jesus, and from Jesus would come Christianity, and from Jesus would come the church, and our foundations in the, the Christian faith and in the Christian church, are in the people of Israel, which means to wrestle with God. We're going to come back to that thought in just a moment, but let's just finish the story as we go on to the next verse. Jacob says, please tell me your name. We're doing a name thing here. Can I know who you are, please? But he replied, the man replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. And here's how Jacob reveals to us that the man in the story was God. And in other places, in other scriptures in the Bible, we are told that this was an angel of God, that this was God who wrestled with Jacob. So we are in no doubt that this was God who Jacob was wrestling with. He is been wrestling with God and he sees that and understands that. He's met God face to face in his wrestling. Again, let's just go back to that image of wrestling and boxing. Okay, boxing, Jacob had been boxing with God. He'd have been standing apart, may not have got a close-up look at the face of God, but they have been wrestling together, close up, in close contact, face to face. Jacob has seen the face of God. See, this wrestling with God is okay because it's one of the ways that we grow. 
And in fact, more than being okay, God encourages us to wrestle with him, just like he encouraged Jacob to wrestle with him, just like the foundations of the people of God are in the wrestling. So I want to encourage you, I want to encourage myself, each and every one of us, when you have doubts or fears or even anger and resentment towards God, to move towards him, not away from him. And if you're exploring faith, you've probably got questions, maybe things that you're struggling with, struggling to make sense of, maybe something that happened in your life, maybe things that you see going on around us in in our world, and you think, how can there be a God? And you have those kind of questions going on in your life, but you're also conflicted because you know in your heart that there must be more to this life. You sense something. You long for something, and a conflict is raging inside of you. I want to encourage you, if that's you, to run towards God rather than run away. Press into the idea of God rather than trying to keep him at arm's length. Because I truly believe that's where you'll find God. And maybe the convincing thing that you need is just to see God face to face in the wrestling. And if you're a Christian... And maybe you've been one for a long time, but things are happening in your life that is leading you to questions, or there are doubts and fears that you have. I want to encourage you to bring them to God rather than run away. Wrestle with God rather than trying to hold him at arm's length. Crave the blessing of a relationship with God and crave the blessing of God's presence more than you crave an answer to every question or doubt that you have. See, we can resist and we can stubbornly stubbornly persist in our selfishness and in our pride and in our worry and our doubt and our fear and anxiety. We can continue to be stubbornly pursuing our own lives in our own power. Or we can take a hold of God Or perhaps we should say more accurately, allow God to take a hold of us. And we cannot let go of God until he blesses us with his transforming power at work in us. God is fighting for us. He is fighting for you. Jacob didn't start this fight. It's the last thing I want us to notice about this story today. Jacob didn't start this fight. Jacob was wrestling with God, but God initiated it. God wanted to wrestle with Jacob. God comes to Jacob because God is pursuing Jacob, seeking him, refusing to leave him in his own selfishness and stubbornness and sin, refusing to leave him in his doubt and in his fear. And in the old language of Hebrew, which so much of the Old Testament was written in, and this story was written in originally, The word Israel is actually a word in which God is the subject. So when we talk about the word Israel, meaning wrestling with God, it actually means God is wrestling with us. And it's a subtle difference, but I think it's a really important one. And this may be the surprising revelation for many of us today. God was the initiator of the struggle in this story And God is the initiator of the struggle for the people of God. God is the subject. 
God is the initiator of the struggle because God longs so much for a relationship with us. He longs so much for us to allow him. He's not going to inflict it upon us. It's not that kind of wrestling or that kind of pursuit. God is not going to make us. But he longs so much for that relationship with us. He longs so much for us to allow him to be the director of our lives, to give us purpose and meaning, real purpose and real meaning. He longs so much for that because he knows it's the best for us because he made us to need it. And God longs for that so much that he is fighting for us. He is pursuing us. He is seeking us. He wants to wrestle with us so that we allow him into our lives. God is coming after us, not in some kind of scary, manipulative, you know, chasing us through the streets kind of way. But God is coming after us out of love and out of a desire for us to have him in our lives. Because we're a people whose nature is to separate ourselves from God. And by the way, how often do we do that and then start trying to throw punches, by the way? How often do we separate ourselves from God, not want to be with God, but are quite happy to say to God, how could you let that happen to me? How often do we do that? How often do people who, who aren't Christians and don't want to know about God start throwing punches at God when things don't go their way? It's our nature to try and separate ourselves from God, but then to try and whack him, by the way. We're a people whose nature is to struggle with God, to, to avoid it, to try and separate ourselves from it. But we are a people who are at our best when we are wrestling with God. When we are allowing, more accurately, God to wrestle with us. To allow God to bless us. To allow God into our lives as the author and director of our lives. And God longs to do that because he sees so much potential in us. It's how he made us to be. So if you are wrestling with God, that is more than okay. But you need to know too that God wants to wrestle with you. He's pursuing you. Encouraging you to lead to the purpose and direction he wants for your life that he knows is the best for your life too. So as we launch into this series, and we're going to be talking about wrestling with other people, and wrestling with moral dilemmas, and wrestling with division and disagreement, we really wanted to start today by talking about this wrestling with God. Because it's where we have our roots and our foundations. And as we wrestle with God, it's where we're at our best but as we wrestle with God and as we allow him to wrestle with us, more than trying to win, let's ask him simply to bless us with his presence. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we have our foundations in this idea of wrestling with you. That's that's such a part of the story of the Christian faith and of the church. And Lord, thank you that you invite us to allow you into our lives, to wrestle with us. And Lord God, I want to just pray for each and every one of us today because we, I suspect, are wrestling in one way, shape or form. 
We're wrestling with bits of our lives we don't want to submit to your direction and guidance. We're wrestling maybe with our questions about faith and, and, our, and our desire to, to go our own way rather than to follow you. We're wrestling with perhaps whether we should even be following you, whether we even believe in you. We're wrestling with our doubts and our fears and our anxieties and our struggles. Thank you that you long to come into our lives to wrestle alongside us, to wrestle with us. Lord God, as we wrestle, help us to see you face to face and to have such an intimacy of relationship with you that we are blessed by your presence. And Lord God, I pray too that um, we would just have open arms and open hearts to receive you as you pursue us, as you fight for us, as you come after us. Help us simply to open arms and hearts to receive you.